0: gang welcome back to the second episode of the oasis podcast uh, i hope you're ready for um, for a treat because today we have nicole pincaro with us here hi nicole
1: hi nathan what's happening nothing much i'm excited to be here
0: yeah it's gonna be pretty sweet so thought we'd kick this off with um, just a little fun kind of segment and um I I think you're going to really froth on this. We're going to call this What's in the Box.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. Right? I'm in.
0: So, imagine with me for a second Mm -hmm. that you have a box in your hands. I need you to describe this box to us. How how big is it?
1: Look, it's shoulder width. Okay. It is (laughs) three-dimensional. Okay. (laughs) Just in case you were wondering. It's brown Mm -hmm. and has blue masking tape on it.
0: Blue masking tape. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. So, if we're going to peep inside the box, do we need to take this masking?
1: Yeah, tape we're off? ripping it off.
0: Take that blue masking tape yeah, off.
1: It's ripped off now. All right. Now, we're what there.
0: what's what's inside?
1: I thought you were going to tell me what's <laughs> inside. What's inside? Yeah.
0: What do you see? What's in there? What have you got uh, hiding in this brown shoulder width box?
1: In my brown shoulder width box, <laughs> I have uh, some new sketchbooks. Oh. Yes surprise um and new sets of textures and Let's pens cool. yeah
0: very nice yeah what are you gonna do with all that
1: um well the obvious answer is to draw within those books <laughs> and the obvious answer is the answer i'm going with i'm gonna draw with the books lock that in eddie <laughs> it's
0: brilliant thanks nicole
1: You're <laughs> yeah
0: man i had no idea where that would um that would go i'm excited to do this like with different people on each episode and just see where it ends up yeah like you went for the standard like well what do you think's gonna be in a box like of course there's gonna be some some sketch pads in it and some pencils (laughs) but then the next person could be like yo there's a whole new world in here and it's there's rainbows and there's there's unicorns and there's um creativity (laughs) cotton candy trees like yeah yeah, who knows
1: (laughs) they could take it beyond where i just took it you know i set a pretty high level there (laughs) good starting point
0: yeah you really set the bar high on that one so um We're we're sitting here right now. It's the 24th of July, right? So we're still in the middle of a global pandemic and it's pretty heck is. Um, But here in in Sydney, it's um, not as red hot as maybe some other parts of the world or even in Australia. It's getting pretty crazy down in Melbourne. Um, But life is kind of getting somewhat normal again. Like you're back at work at school. Yeah. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do there?
1: So I work in graphic design, I work in the marketing team um, at a school and yes, we are back. We were one of the first ones to go back aside from emergency workers because Mm -hmm. um, schools, you know, were required to go back. Students are not as at risk as adults with Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Um, And yeah, it is, it kind of feels like it's a bit back to normal, but obviously nothing's normal. Like what's, what's, what is normal these days Um, and what does it look like to go back into it? Um, so, yes, we're back in the office, but that could very well change with, I don't know, whatever new updates going to yeah, come. That's yeah. a fair shout. Yeah.
0: So, um, I thought it'd be cool to, I, I, yeah, I thought it'd be really cool to, to get you on the podcast because, like, obviously, like, you're teaching graphic design at school, but that's just i feel like a little part of i don't teach actually okay
1: i do the marketing side okay so like working in terms of advertising for the school or any um graphic design for the events that we do and creating the promos and and the comms for that yeah
0: oh that's really cool so and you and you've been there a year now right yes yeah matt so you've been working in the graphic design um like industry for for a bit and um feel like you're one of those people that um actually loves what you do for work even within the industry like there's so many people that'll say work in graphic design but then like don't do any personal stuff on the side and um i'm sure some people listening in would be aware of um your instagram good old nick um you're always pumping out some some pretty rad content on there um What's it been like for you, like balancing, I guess, like work stuff and then as well as doing your own personal stuff and and other projects?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, uh, working in graphic design as a nine to five has actually been really great Mm. because on one level, I can look at it as being a bit annoying because it's my job as well as the thing that I love doing. Mm. But I feel like Doing it as a job has taught me so much, especially being at the school for a year and working um, under a senior designer. I've just learnt so much in terms of skill and ability, and like I feel like my capacity to do graphic design has increased and been fast tracked for the um, from the past year, which then means that the work that I do personally has own, in my opinion, has only been enriched by my experience of like doing the nine to five. Mm. Um, and I remember growing up being like, oh, I would hate to work like in a nine to five in an office in the city and whatever, like that would be the worst. I would kill my soul. But after having done it for like, I mean, it's still early days. It's been a year, but um, it's been the best thing. Like I've loved it. Like I said, I've grown so much. The experience of like being in the city has been really great. Um, and... It's just yeah, I feel like it's elevating the work that I do personally, and it's it's challenging me to think more creatively, um, and it's it's just taking me further because before working at the school, uh, I was freelancing, yeah, and I was learning everything on my own. So like I'd read into things, um, I would like look up different designers' work, and I'd kind of like you know it was, I studied at uni, but everything else was like you self-taught. Um, And you only learn as much as your experience, as far as your experience takes you. And in doing freelance, I found that I kind of hit um, a a ceiling. right? um, Mainly because I was like, well, I'm doing as many jobs as I can take, but there's still further that I want to get that I can't get to because my experience isn't taking me there. Which is why I ended up looking for full-time work within the graphic design, like actually... Within a graphic design team, so I can learn from others, so I can learn what it's like to be under the pump, but then like just grow that side. So then it's taken it's taken the pressure off, like, the creativity of my personal work because, um, I have a job that pays nine to five, and then I can do the personal stuff without the pressure of trying to you know, make money from it. Yeah, that's huge. Survive. So it's
0: good. Yeah, because you, for a while, you were I guess. Tur- like turned your personal kind of stuff into a way to make money Yeah, and so it's like almost kind of like the dream but then I guess like you were talking about there's that pressure of like having to um yeah work on that personal stuff like so that you can get money and not yeah. just for the fun of it I really like how you talked about with working the 9 to 5 job um, and being able to work with other people it's um I guess made it so much easier for you to learn and grow in in your abilities. Um, I think it's pretty interesting because I feel like so many people out there, when it comes to the creative industry, like the dream would be to like go do your own thing, be mm-hmm. your own boss. Yeah. But then, like you were saying, like you hit a you hit a ceiling with that, and um, yeah, it's quite interesting, and I don't know how many people actually think about that. Yeah. I think if you're doing freelance stuff, you've got to put so much more work and effort into mm-hmm. upskilling yourself. Yeah. Um, especially like not even just getting um not even just yeah, getting better at what you do, but say the projects that you're working on, there's no one giving you that like constant feedback and yeah. and different perspective. Definitely. Collaboration is huge, yeah. Hey?
1: Yeah, it's massive. And I think the other thing as well that um People And when I say people, I say this from the experience that I've had. So other people might have different experience. But in terms of freelancing, like I imagined it to be I get to do all the creative work that I want to do um, and I'm my own boss. But I think when you're in it, you realize quickly that freelancing isn't only creative work. Freelancing is you doing every bit of the job. So that means you're the ones speaking with clients. You're the ones, you know. Um, writing up contracts you're the one doing like you're the accountant you're the project manager you're not just doing the creative stuff so there's many facets to it that I underestimated so when I was doing it I was like holy moly like it's not just the creative work and all the other stuff that um, needed my attention in order for the freelance work to survive was stuff that I couldn't do on my own and I think um, you know it's great I think freelancing is great if you're willing to like put in the effort and persevere and and um, learn all the other things. But I think it would be naive of someone to think that freelancing is only the creative work because it is like a mission times What 10.
0: percentage do you think it is of like, if you're freelancing, like how much of your time are you actually spending doing creative the work? creative work? And how much oh, is dear. just like all the Everything logistics
1: <laughs> and whatnot um look i can't give an accurate percentage but what i'm seeing is that the creative work is less than half of it yeah so if you go into it thinking i am going to freelance and you know it's going to be dreamy from the get go mm. i can most likely promise you that's not going to be the case yeah. because the creative part is like the tip of the iceberg that's what you see yeah but then the creative work and having that be visible um that only stands on the shoulders of how strong your admin work is your marketing your financial strategy and all of that yeah and to be honest for me i wasn't strong on that because <laughs> i was like i was very dreamy going into it i was like i believe in my work and i believe in the message which is so great um but if you don't back that up with an action with a with a um like you said upskilling and when you don't back that up with like teaching yourself and investing time into learning all the other stuff that comes along with the whole freelance gig. Um, yeah, if you don't back it up with that, I don't know how far you can get, Yeah. you know, short of a miracle, but, um, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Cause you're, you're everything. You are everything yeah. to whoever, like to your clients. It's amazing. Yeah. Props to people who do it.
0: <laughs> I think one thing that, um, has been a recurring theme for, for me, I guess over the last year, just as I, um, I guess step into more creative things and just have more conversations like this with people is how much hard work is required. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us creatives, um, think about our dream job and we're like, Oh man, it's going to be so chill. I just get to create all day. But I think even, um, yeah, whether you're freelancing or like you're working nine to five under someone else, um, like you've you've gotta be working hard, right? Yeah. You've gotta put in those hours. You've gotta Yeah um Yeah, you you gotta actually do something to, to get where you wanna be.
1: Yeah, totally. Like if you don't have the drive to do what you wanna do or what like, you know, whatever's in your hand at that point, um It'll be hard. And I think you're, you know, I think it's great to be hopeful that you get to do creative work, but I think you need to um, partner that with the reality that it is going to take a lot of grit and hard work, but that's what makes it worth it. Totally. Because um, if you just get to do whatever you want to do and you get to create whatever work you want. As and there's no sal-
0: substance to it, right?
1: Exactly. Like there's no growth. You're not getting challenged and the work that you do I feel, is only as great as the challenges that you overcome making it. Yeah, right. So, like, I think that, you know, when you come into any kind of job, whatever it is, creative or non-creative, I think every job is creative, so I don't think there's such a thing as... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, as non-creative. But I think you just got to know that, like, everything worth... Like, it's, I don't know, some cliche Pinterest quote, I'm sure. (laughs) But, like, if it's worth... (laughs) I was going to say, if it's worth doing, like, I thought of it's worth doing. It's worth too <laughs> Um <laughs> But like, like it's worth, it's worth the investment of time, of energy and all of that. And that's what makes the journey worth it. That's what makes whatever you do worth it. Right. So yeah.
0: Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> so I reckon we shift gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you, I guess for, for those um, who are listening, maybe they haven't seen any of your work or anything yet. What kind of, um, what kind of graphic design work do you do?
1: Great question. I feel like I ask myself that <laughs> hourly. <laughs> um, so interesting. Within my nine to five, like my day job, I do more, um, like I said, it, it is work in a school, but it's more corporate design um, and digital comms, digital design. So designing for like screens, newsletters, whatever, that kind of thing. Um, But the kind of work that I currently do um, personally through good old Nick uh, has shifted over the years. But at the moment, what I'm focusing more on is illustration um, and collaging. So that's the form of it. I've loved
0: your collages (laughs) lately.
1: Oh, that's so nice. I've loved doing them. And I like like the um, potential it has for storytelling. Yeah. So for me, like, if I guess... Like, if you were to ask me, which you did ask me, so, um, what I do, <laughs> it's, um, like, I, I could say graphic design, but I would more prefer to think of it as, like, storytelling, like, visual storytelling. Yeah, right. Because I think when I say graphic design, people can think of, like... Yeah,
0: there's, like, this box of what graphic design yeah. is. Yeah,
1: but I think it goes beyond that, because, like, I like to think of myself as a storyteller, and I know that sounds really faffy. But like, I think that's, I, I consider it a privilege to be able to do that through images and like through combining words and images and just like seeing however that looks like.
0: Yeah. And you do it brilliantly. Oh, honestly, thank you. <laughs> So kind. <laughs> I love too that um, we had a conversation a while back about collages and we we're both like, man, that would be so much fun. Like we should totally do that. And yeah. you actually went and did it. <laughs> I think I did one or two and then that was it.
1: Oh yeah it's fun like I don't know. I'm challenging myself just as a side note you don't ask but I'm <laughs> gonna answer this question <laughs> but I am challenging myself to be a person of my word. so if I say something i I gotta do it. It doesn't matter like how big or how small I just challenge myself. so I'm glad that that's come through
0: <laughs> yeah
1: awkward if it wasn't. it's a cold lying
0: nah it's <laughs> it's good it's awesome that um. Yeah, you're you're working on that. It's something that I definitely need to work on. So many projects I've been like, Oh, I'm gonna do this. Like this podcast, like <laughs> supposed to come out monthly and this is gonna drop however many months after the first episode. <laughs> but guys, it's gonna happen. Episode three will come out a month from now. <laughs> I guarantee you. Right. <laughs> I just need to line up who we're gonna do it with. Yeah. And then um yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. I promise. I promise. <laughs> so um You've been visually storytelling for some time now. What um, I guess take take us back a little bit. Like mm-hmm. what what got you into that?
1: Um. Okay, history lesson. So I grew up. History liking... lessons <laughs> with Nick. <laughs> Welcome to this segment of the podcast. Um. So I grew up loving uh drawing, yes. and I also have grown to like reading and that kind of thing. And I love talking to people. So like, even in my day to day, I like to ask people questions and mentally pretend I have a podcast because I feel like that's my way of justifying, like getting to know people be like, I have a podcast, come on my podcast and, you know, ask people questions. Um, So I think growing up, I always saw those as separate elements, like separate things that I like to do. Like I like talking, I like reading, I like drawing. But I think over time and like I studied graphic design at school, I studied visual communications um, and I've been surrounded by people who are more like artistically in terms of visual arts like inclined in that direction. Um, So I've always had like visual arts around me. Um, But I think over the years, especially in the past five to 10 years, I've really been intentional about trying to combine the things that I like. So it's like one thing and trying to see where they all overlap and where the, where, where they converge um, because I like all of them. But I feel like, I'm not going to say I'm lazy, but just it's a bit overwhelming to think of like doing three things that I love. So I was like, you know what? Why why can't I do the one thing that I love and combine those three things that that's I love? That's brilliant.
0: absolute genius right there.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's how it all happened. So in the past, I would say in, it's been more intentional in the past- five years in terms of my like planning of my work and the kind of output that I have, um, combining visual with, like, I also like to write sometimes, sometimes I like to write a lot. Um, so combining writing, combining that with, um, like visual, like collages that tell a story. So, it, so it's not just something that looks beautiful. Um, but it's something that actually communicates something and hopefully, you know, triggers a response from someone, um, whatever that response might be. So, yeah.
0: Matt, in, in saying that, talking about um, trying to get a response from people and talking about how, I guess, yeah, telling stories with, with your work, like, would there be, um, I guess, an overarching theme with the stories that you're trying to tell or is there a particular kind of response that you're trying to trigger in people?
1: um i think interesting you say that because i was actually thinking about that this like on the drive here i think for me the overarching theme i want my work to have this is more like me being super um mindful of like the kind of message i want to have um is i always want it to be hopeful um but like hopeful amidst what can seem like heavy time so that's something that yes i'm intentional with but it's also something that i've noticed has been a theme within my work unintentionally so i i noticed it and i'm like okay let's now be yeah, yeah let's be intentional with this unintentional thing um so i think um i guess to answer the overarching theme question it is one of hopefulness um and what was your second question
0: is there a particular kind of response that you're trying to oh yes
1: um i think the response you know i could say like an emotional response or whatever but i think the the thing that i want to have with people is just that they resonate with my work and that they like see my work And not even see my work but they see themselves Mm. um like i like to be a bit reflective so a lot of my work is more personal to me but i'm finding that the responses people are having are like hey that really resonated with me or like i really understood what you said or and this isn't to toot my own horn but it's just something that's been common which i i I consider myself yeah well um, i was going to point out
0: like i've noticed that the the content that you bring out at least on your um on your Instagram, like you get a whole lot of interaction with people through mm. that. And um, I think that says a heck of a lot about the content you're producing and how authentically you're communicating yeah. through that. Yeah. So huge props to you because there's oh. no easy thing to do.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. And the, I think that's just a fruit of like, that's yes, you can be intentional with that, but I also think that that's just a fruit of like being real. And I think at the end of the day, for me if my work is real and it's true to who i am and to like a hopeful message um people will always resonate with that because people are always looking for um hope all around them whether they know it or not um so i think to be able to speak and speak that into people's lives somehow like visually i feel like i'm like a like a secret elf (laughs) just like dropping hope (laughs) but like I think it's been great and like I consider that such a privilege like some people have contacted me privately and they're like you know you've been able again not to tune my own horn but I was blown away because I was like I'm just doing work that is personal to me but I'm glad that that's had that that response with you but they they say things like you know you've been able to articulate something that I couldn't I couldn't put into words or like that image really you know was relevant to this thing that i was going through and i'm like that's crazy like i was just you know that image came to me because i thought of it because it was personal to me but like it's amazing how something that can seem small can have an impact on someone else and i think that um if i could play a part in that um not that i'm gonna go out and seek to like tell other people's stories but i think when you continue to be um True to who you are, true to your story And steward it well And, and you're able to communicate that um, In a way that's true Just true to you Then just watch how that uh, Snowballs into other people's lives Yeah Because like, a, yeah You can make your goal to like impact others But I think So I'm backtracking on my answer now But um, when you make your goal to just be authentic to who you are that will no doubt be the fruit of your work. Yeah, totally. So, yeah.
0: I love that you, I guess, have shared how, like, your work has been able to impact people. Because I think that would be, like, hella encouraging to people (laughs) that are listening. Because I think, like, anyone that does anything creatively and shares it does so with a desire for it to impact somebody. Yeah. And it can be so easy to get caught up in trying to, um, chase that, like mm-hmm. trying to, like trying to make a difference. Like I'm trying to impact people. I'm trying to influence people. Like I'm trying to send a message, but it's, I guess I, I feel like the, I don't know, it might not be all the time. It's, it's the thought that I'm having, but it's like, maybe, maybe we're, coming at it at the wrong angle like that and it's more of like the influence and the impact is like a byproduct of just being authentic and yeah um sharing our personal story um
1: i agree with
0: experiences and expressing that through
1: yeah through however
0: creativity i
1: agree because i think for me that was something i struggled with especially when you like you know, anyone who has an Instagram page that's showing their creativity, one, it's a very vulnerable place to be because mm. you're putting your work out. So I think that like, you know, you're dealing with a lot of um, mm. self-stuff when you put your work out because you're like, Ugh, am I like, is this good enough? And like, you worry a lot about people's opinions and that can easily evolve into, I'll create work that people will engage with And then, again, that further evolves into I'll create work that people will like. And then you lose your voice. Mm. But I think when you just focus on like, you know, a lot of people, I don't remember who said it, but someone said um, a lot of people uh, know how to say things. So like in terms of speaking to like their craft, like they can say things well, Um, but not a lot of people have something to say. Right. And I was like, mate, like I would rather, good. yeah, I was
0: so true. I wish I knew who said <laughs> it.
1: Let's just say Nicole Pincaro said yep. it. Um, <laughs> but like, I would rather be someone who says something with truth and like, I don't know, with like mum- a bit of mumbling, but at least it's honest. Right. Than someone who can speak, um, eloquently, but has no substance. And like, I think when people choose the things of substance, choose to be real choose to you know all of that like exactly like you said the impact and the influence it can have will be um automatic or it will just be a a byproduct of it so yeah you're right
0: that's brilliant (laughs) thanks thanks i think it's a pretty um good spot to end it here too so it's um already been a whole 29 minutes
1: holy moly that's quick
0: flies when you're having fun right (laughs) yeah but um thanks, thanks so much for for joining us on the podcast it's oh. been fun uh, where can people find you we talked about your yeah, instagram before
1: yes find me on instagram good old nick n-i-c yeah,
0: very cool there you go yeah we'll um pop that in the um show notes as well so super easy to find but, yeah thanks again it's thanks for fun.
1: having me this has been great
0: uh, all good fam
1: see you everyone <laughs>
0: Well, gang, that's it for this month's episode of the Oasis podcast. Yeah, you heard it right. First Monday of every month, I'm going to be dropping a new episode. So get keen, stay tuned, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss a single episode. Just a couple shout-outs. Thanks to Jake and Jace for hooking me up again with the microphones. Thanks, Zach Relier, for hooking us up with those sick beats. And, of course, this month's guest, Nicole Pincaro. Keep killing the game, fam. Big love. And we'll catch you guys next month on the Oasis podcast.